All righty, everyone. Guru and Wiz here talking fantasy football. 27 down, five to go as far as I can count them. We are getting ready for our San Francisco 49er podcast, the defending NFC champions. Very excited about this team, I think, for 2020 after their Super Bowl appearance against the Chiefs. Although that didn't end very well. Wiz, how are you today? I'm doing good. You know, I was just thinking, you know, as we're, we're doing these team capsules, is that, you know, I know people are nervous and they're concerned. And, you know, a lot of fantasy football uh, people out there in the community are thinking, you know, they don't know, they have their doubts. But I'm going to tell you this. No season has called for more preparation than this season in terms of the fantasy football uh, we're going to be really getting into it in August, and we're really going to be going down the depth charts. And this is going to be the most important season to have a grasp on that because there's a likelihood that a lot of these third, fourth, and fifth running backs and wide receivers and second quarterbacks and second tight ends are going to get a chance to get in there and play. And the more knowledge and the more prepared you are for unexpected scenarios, the more likely are more likely that you are going to be successful in your league. So it's always good to be prepared, and it's always important to be prepared. But I would say since I've been playing fantasy football, which is 1988, um, this is the most important season to have yourself prepared. By the way, that gives us 50 years of combined ex- over 50 years of combined experience. I've been doing yeah. it for 20 years for me, 32 for you. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty su- substantial uh, experience. Yeah, that you I mean, it was, uh, it was, it's funny. Uh, I, you know, I think we mentioned this in one of the first podcasts we did, but, yeah, it was just six of us together. And maybe it was like, uh, you know, $10 a guy, you know, just just doing it. And now it's, uh, it's evolved into this for hundreds and hundreds, or, you know, a few leagues. It's even more expensive than that. But, yeah, fantasy football evolves, and you have to evolve with it. And, uh Preparation is the key, and uh, we're going to really talk uh, depth charts and delve into a lot of players on the rosters, and uh, we're going to make sure everybody who's listening will be prepared to really do well this upcoming season. So let's get into it. Talk to us about Jimmy G, your thoughts. Uh, A lot of people have you know, on either side of the spectrum about Jimmy G, him being elite, him being average, him being, you know, a system quarterback. Where are you in the camp of Jimmy G? Uh, probably somewhere, in, in, look, in the middle, I would say. this. We have to look at the offense that the San Francisco 49ers are, are, are trying to run. You know, it's a young head coach who has had a lot of success in this league as a coordinator. Um, Kyle Shanahan we're talking about you know he was the offensive coordinator uh, you know with his dad he took he helped take the Falcons to a Super Bowl um, against New England you know I love the offensive system that he runs but he certainly has and I'm talking about Shanahan really has a, a strong emphasis on on the run game and what that means for his team so there's going to be a lot of games where you know the quarterback takes a little bit of a backseat depending on that and I think we saw that you know, emphatically in, in the in the postseason where, 
you know, this was a run-first team. I think they had two 200-yard rushing performances in the postseason by two separate players, right? Mostert in one game and Tevin Coleman in the other. You know, Jimmy G was not throwing the ball a lot. In fact, you know, that was one of the things that, that I thought hurt the Chiefs, in, sorry, the, the Niners in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, is that when they needed to come back, they weren't ready to play, you know, that kind of form. But, you know, there was a few games last year that, that Jimmy G really shown. Uh, I, I remember an Arizona game. I remember a New Orleans Saint game. It was a real shootout. You know, he can do it. He has offensive personnel to work with, although there will be a little bit more of a challenge to start the season for sure on that front. But, uh, you know, I'm in the middle. I don't think Jimmy G is the number one quarterback. I think a lot of people envisioned him as that being the case when he signed that big contract here. But I just think in the, in, in the scheme that the, the Niners are running it doesn't allow for Garoppolo to be that every week quarterback that's my that's my opinion on it yeah I think that's I think that's pretty fair um you know I think he's capable of having his moments and he shows he shows he shows flashes of, of of you know being a really good quarterback but uh yeah I just don't think he's like the type of quarterback that you want to go back there throwing the ball 40 times a game uh kind of like you know Kirk Cousins in the way that he's better off with having a really solid running game and then to throw off of that. So I think we're kind of in the same camp about as Jimmy G. I, you know, by no means would you draft him as a quarterback one, right? I mean, would you draft him as your second quarterback? Yeah, I, I would have no hesitancy to draft him as a second quarterback, and I, and I, and it would be predicated on matchups for sure. So he's the type of guy that you know, if I had. You know, let's say I was leaning on a guy like a Matt Ryan who's super consistent or, or a Russell Wilson. I, I'd make sure I'd be looking at the matchup, whatever the, those quarterbacks were. I had a good bye week filler. A guy like Garoppolo would fit that for me. And, you know, if, he, if, one, of your, if, if your, one of those stars goes down, it will be a little bit more challenging because I just don't think he can carry you week in and week out. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, just piggybacking off the last podcast we did, I actually think he'd be a pretty good second quarterback to match up with Roethlisberger because, you know, he's not the guy you want to start every week, but, you know, the occasional start is pretty good. And then in the case that your quarterback, um, you know, uh, went down in the case of Roethlisberger, Jimmy G's okay. So I think he'd be a good matchup with with a quarterback like Roethlisberger. Uh, If it was someone like Wilson, I don't know, would you ever start Jimmy G over Russell Wilson? No, never would do that. Yeah, so I think uh I think uh I think uh you know, he's a good second quarterback and especially kind of pair him up with uh with a particular first quarterback that it could you know, an injury or older guy. So I think, uh, you know, like a, a, a Roethlisberger or a Breeze, that I think uh, Jimmy G is a fine second quarterback. And we talked about that, that offensive line and that running game. So let's get into those running backs. Uh, boy, Raheem Mostert was a special teams player, and then he was like a league winner, uh, especially if you drafted him in the fantasy football playoffs of the NFL playoffs. I mean, he, he just went wild. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think that carries over to the, to the season where it's really Mostert with the line share and some Tevin Coleman and maybe McKinnon sprinkled in, or do you see it more of – kind of a 50-50 split between Mostert and Tevin Coleman. You know, so I think uh, Shanahan, as we mentioned, has had a lot of success with, with the running back duos. He did it in Atlanta with, um, with Freeman and Coleman. Uh, Coleman was usually, you know, you know player B to, to player A of, of, um, of, of Devonta Freeman. 
I think it's a little trickier here because, as I mentioned, in the playoffs, each one of these guys ran for over 200 yards. Um, you know, Mostert, as you mentioned, too, is a great story. This is a guy who was a journeyman in the NFL. He's played with like five or six different teams. He got his contract up recently because um, he was, you know, given given his production, and he's 28. You know, this is his t- this is his time to shine. So, I think the player was extremely effective in the offense. They they have a great line. They have a great fullback and Kyle Juszczyk. So, it's a great setup for the running backs. I think you can go out with some confidence and draft both of these guys. I think they'll cut into each other's fantasy values somewhat. If there was to be an injury, certainly one of those guys would really take on preeminence and and, and probably evolve into a you know a top five to seven back every week. But I think they're going to cut into each other. You'll see them each kind of splitting the carries, depending on game flow, depending on how the players are actually playing. So it could be a little bit of an aggravating situation, but I wouldn't mind you know, owning either of them because I think they both have value in, 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 a, in a Kyle Shanahan system. As far as McKinnon, uh, your former Minnesota Viking, I ain't going near that guy with a 10-foot pole. The guy's been hurt two years in a row. I know they've said he looks okay. Uh, you know, they've paid him some big money to bring him here but I, I don't know you know a fragile flower kind of scares me so I have no interest in that player but as I mentioned I, I like both Mostert and Coleman I think you could probably draft both of them and, and get some value out of them as the season progresses so is either player uh, uh you know certainly not Coleman would not be a running you know a, a top 12 running back but would you have Mostert in that top 12 or would you both have both those players uh, as running back, you know, two. Uh, probably most of ranked a little higher. So where, where would you have both those players? Yeah, I have most of it as a, as a running back, too, kind of in that, you know, somewhere between 15 and 25. And, and you know, I would, I would consider Coleman, um, who I really like as a player. Um, he runs a little upright, but I do like him as a player. He, he's, he, he always breaks loose, uh, you know, either on a catch or, or a run. He seems to have that knack for a big play. Uh, I'd probably rank him somewhere not too far behind, you know, somewhere in that 25 to 35 range. So I think this backfield has value. It just might kind of, you know, gnaw at you a little bit as the season moves on, depending on, you know, how things are evolving. And we saw last year, look at Matt Breida. Breida started the year. He looked like he was going to be the man. Uh, he always gets nicked up with the with the ankle, and then he fumbled the ball late in the season, and he really lost faith in him. And now he's on Miami Dolphin. But uh, you know, I don't know. You know, it depends. This 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 situation could be a fluid one. Yeah, I think uh, I th- yeah I think that's that, that's about right. I, I think you know they they had a lot of confidence in Mostert uh, to really finish out games, and uh, you know I, if the 49ers can stay ahead of their opponents, um, you know I, I I can envision that once again. But uh, if not, like you said, you'll see a little bit more of the other players. Uh, you know, the wide receiving core took a big hit and, you know, weren't even close to the season with Debo Samuel. And uh, he may miss a week or two, maybe a few more uh, games. I mean, he's not going to miss a substantial amount of the season, but that's a big loss. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. You're not going to have Debo Samuel. I'm not convinced about the, the rest of that receiving core. I mean, Kendrick Bourne, Pettis, Taylor, uh, heard uh, Bradley Yook, the 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 rookie they just drafted. So Dino Samuel is a big loss for them. Um, so 
sure you have him in a dynasty league, so you're probably going to keep the player and just you know bite the bullet uh, for a few weeks until he comes back. So talk about the receivers on the 49ers as a whole. With the injury mixed in, where does Debo Samuel drop from? Does he fall that far? You know, does he fall that far down? And then are any of the other receivers interest you on the 49ers? Take it from Debo and then go from there. Uh, yeah, so as you mentioned, Debo, I do have him in a dynasty league, and it was, it was pretty bad news when it came across, especially when you consider the progression that Debo made as the season went on. Between, I mean, He looks like a running back at times when he's got the ball. They utilize him that way. I think he added about 150 yards rushing and, a couple, and three touchdowns, actually, and they were rushing him a lot in the postseason, too. So it was really exciting to see the progression of the player as the season went on. So coming into 2020, it was it was a lot of anticipation in my eyes that you know Debo was going to become a top 25 uh, wide receiver in this league. So I probably have him outside because of the injury, and 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 you know John Lynch and you know as the GM, you know he may want to be super cautious here about you know putting him on the pup list where he actually ends up missing more substantial time. So it remains to be seen. Jones fractures are not great injuries at all, um, especially for a wide receiver. So, uh, you know, it diminishes his value pretty significantly. And then when you look behind it, there, there is not a lot. It seemed like um, Kendrick Bourne had a known f- nose for the end zone. Uh, seemed to be getting in there around the goal line on a lot of times. We know Dante Pettis is still on this roster. Showed us some stuff a couple of years ago, but I don't know. I just It seems like there's been some loss of faith in that player. It's hard to expect Brandon Euk, as exciting a, a college player he was at Arizona State, to just step in and, and, and take over here, though he does possess a lot of athletic ability. I guess the guy that I'm most interested in uh, is Jalen Hurd as a, as, a, as a sleeper here and actually what this means for Kittle, um, you know, potentially as, a, as the number one receiver in fantasy because of Debo's injury. But Jalen Hurd is an exciting and interesting player to me. He's a physical specimen, started his career as a running back at Tennessee, finished it as a receiver at Baylor, had a couple of good games in the preseason last year, and a back injury took him out. That's a player I'd be paying very, very close attention to. The commentary around him has been extremely positive. I think he could make a little bit of noise, more so than anybody else in this receiving core. That's a sleeper that I'm going to be keeping a very close eye coming into 2020. So where is Debo Samuel? You're coming down. You're, you're, you know, you're ready in a month or so to sit down for your snake draft. You know, the news is there. Debo's going to miss some time. Where do you draft Debo Samuel? He's not, you know, uh, you know, in that, in that tier of RB, of wide receiver, you know, two with the injury, you know, where, where, how far down do you, you know, do you wait until you draft that player? Yeah, I think I think he slips a long way as a result of the injury. I think, you know, I think he could be somewhere between the fifth and seventh round in the snake draft. And if, yeah. you're, if you're in an auction draft, a, a player that maybe in a $200 league, you know, had value of around, I don't know, 20 to $25, that, that, that value could decrease by as much as 25, 30% as a result. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. And uh, I don't 
know, any of those other receivers, I mean, would you go out of your way to draft any of those other receivers with the uncertainty of the depth chart? And as far as Pettis, yeah, he, you know, he, 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 he had a, you know, a, a lot of touchdowns for the amount of playing time and a lot of catches, touchdowns comparison to catches. But it's one thing when you're going up against the other team's third best corner or actually their safety. And now with Sanders not being there and Debo not being there, uh, there's going to be a lot more attention paid to that player. So as far as the rest of the receivers, do you take a wait-and-see approach, or is there any of them that you say, okay, this is a player that is worth taking a stab on? Yeah, I, I, I am going to – I know, I'm, I know you're going to mention another kid um, that they drafted, and that's Jawan Jennings, but I just think the rookies are going to be hard-pressed this year. But I, I think if there's no Debo Samuel starting the year, I, I would expect um, some combination of, uh, you know, Ayuk, um, Kendrick Bourne, and Jalen Hurd – I really think I have a I have a feeling about Jalen Hurd. It's going to be a guy that not a lot of people are talking to talking about going into the season, but I think he's a player that this team really really likes. So that's going to be my sleeper in this group. But I think it'll be Born Ayuk and and Hurd, you know, in some variety, way, shape, or form that that are going to be the receivers while Samuel is out. Yeah, I'm not sure the 49ers will be going to the Super Bowl this year unless you know Debo gets back pretty quickly do, do, do you like Juwan Jennings I mean if, if this was a normal if this was a normal preseason and, Je- and Jennings was out there he's a tall receiver played at Tennessee is he a guy that could have made some noise here or did, uh, you know obviously it's makes I think, it- I think the problem with the 49ers is they have a bunch of the same type of receivers now and uh they you know I'm, I'm not sure what that depth chart is going to look like but I like I like Jennings but you know he's along the same lines as those other receivers so we're going to have to wait and see which one of those receivers really stands out and uh, I wouldn't even I'm not even giving up on Pettis yet because I, I don't love those other receivers so he lost all confidence in himself the 49ers lost all confidence in him if you know you start seeing his name circuit you know circulate a little bit and start some swirling uh, things about him I could even see him uh, getting back in, back in the mix but while there's a lot of uncertainty about the wide receiver spot one player that there's no uncertainty at all about is the great George Kittle who um, really is going to be the answer for the 49ers this year where I think everything is going to go through that player he is just a fantastic player uh, even if you're not a 49er fan you kind of like have to like that player just the way he plays the enthusiasm he brings I think you know it's just a matter of whether you prefer him or Kelsey um, at that at that tight end position. Talk to uh, us about George Kittle and uh, how early in a snake draft would you take that player? So I'd say this about Kittle is just a great football player. And you mentioned his enthusiasm, which is, is unbelievable. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, he's a pretty courageous guy. Do you remember that game last year when he got hurt? And this guy was still running around. He came back early from the injury. You know, I think that, that hurt his statistics last year because he was playing hurt a lot. And he's also such a big part of the blocking scheme for the 49ers. And he's a great blocker. So, like I said, great football player. But I think Debo's injury opens the door for Kittle to return to both 2018 form where you have over 1,300 yards and a bunch of long plays down the field. I actually wouldn't be shocked to see some people take Kittle over Kelsey. 
you know, Kelsey's got a lot of competition for targets in, in, in Kansas City. So there's an argument to be made that, that Debo's injury elevates uh, – Kittle's status in the passing game. And I think in a, in a, in a snake draft, uh, you know, somewhere in the second round is when you're taking these guys, both of the, both, you know, both Kelsey and, and Kittle. I think they're neck and neck in terms of talent. Um, you know, love the players. And, you know, you're going to pay up for them in an auction draft. But I love George Kittle. I think um, from a fantasy football perspective, you know, when you're weighing Travis Kelsey versus George Kittle, I mean – one side of it is Travis Kelsey has a lot more competition in terms of who's going to get attention, you know, with with uh, from you know the ball front. I mean, you got obviously Tyree Kill and Damian Williams and Clyde Edwards Hilaire is in the mix and McCall uh, Hardman and 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 Sam and 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 Watkins. So there's, uh, you know, competition there. But at the end of the day, when you think about, you know, the quarterbacks throwing to him, you know, one is Jimmy Garoppolo and the other guy's Pat Mahomes, it's kind of tough to, you know, pull that trigger and say, I'm going to take George Kittle ahead of Travis Kelsey, because Kelsey seems like such a, a safer bet with, with Mahomes there. But as a football player, there's no doubt Kittle is the best tight end in football. Not only is he a willing blocker, but he's an elite blocker with elite tight end speed uh, one of the fastest tight ends I have ever seen play football I mean he is when he gets in that open field he is he is a thing to watch so can't go wrong with either of those players um, talk about kicker and defense for the 49ers and uh, where do you have uh, the 49ers defense ranked uh, yeah, so, so uh, 49ers defense is, is is one of those defenses that I mean, they made some changes this year, right? They got they um, uh, DeForest Buckner's gone, but you know Bosa's there. They re-signed Armstead. Richard Sherman's there. They, they've got talent here on, on defense for sure. Um, Niners were probably a defense that was not drafted uh, last year in, in a lot of leagues. I know a lot of leagues that we played in, they were not drafted as a number one defense. Uh, we probably saw uh, Robert Soleil on, on, on the screen as a defensive coordinator about as much as we saw um, the head coach Kyle Shanahan. You know, he became a he became a hot topic in in the coaching searches this year, but he's going to come back as the defensive coordinator. It's hard not to get excited about the defense. They have a lot of talented players on it. It's a good defense, so they're they're a top. They're a top five defense in my eyes coming into this season, uh, and it's also a, a you know a team that has a pretty solid kicker in, in Robbie Gold. He was he was dealing with a little bit of an injury early on in the year. He he got stronger as the year on, went on. Even though I was heavily criticized him for for drafting him in a couple of leagues um, that that uh, I had him in, but yeah, I, I like the situation here in, from the special teams defense standpoint and from the kicker. These these are guys that should be ranked pretty high. He's a good offense, and you know, a guy like Robbie Gold is kind of trotted out there. On, on many occasions to attempt a long field goal. He is getting a little older, so his leg's probably not as strong, but but I, li- but I do like him as a kicker. Yep, excellent stuff. Uh, so I guess, uh, who are we on to next? I believe the uh, Seahawks and, uh, and Tom Brady's new team, Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an exciting one for us, right? A lot of people have uh, been anticipating, uh, you know, what, what what uh, Brady is going to mean for the Buccaneers, and, and and there's always a lot to talk about when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks. So those will be our next two podcasts, and Guru and the Wiz Talk Fantasy Football on uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, you know subscribe to the podcast. Email us if you want to hear anything, Guru and Wiz at gmail.com. But that's all I have, Wiz. 
Excellent stuff. Yep, we're gonna uh, we're gonna finish out these team capsules uh, this week, and then we're gonna start getting into position rankings. All right, fantastic. You have a great evening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You got it.